can't we just do? No, we can't. Well, well, couldn't we just? No, we can't. Oh my God, why do you? Why did you just set up a daily one-on-one with me? Oh my God, no, stop, stop. Welcome to AB Testing Podcast, your modern testing podcast. Your hosts, Alan and Brent, will be here to guide you through topics on testing, leadership, agile, and anything else that comes to mind. Now, on with the show. I worry that we've already had all of the interesting discussions of the afternoon, right? We have. If we're hey. going to go... Howdy! Yeah, it, um, <laughs> it wasn't that I forgot to press record. We were just talking, and it was interesting, and then I thought, let's just press record and continue the conversation in the middle, because... I don't know what I said five minutes ago, as anybody who works with me will remind you. I'm Alan, and he's Brent, and together we make up the Alan Brent Testing Podcast, where we rarely, if ever, talk about testing, but we do talk about stuff. Yeah, We do talk about Alan and Brent quite often. Yes. It, Mostly not- Alan talking about Alan and Brent talking about Brent, because it's our podcast and we're the centers of attention. <laughs> I was going to go a different angle. It's more normally Alan bitching about Brent and vice versa. Oh, um, Al- oh yeah. I can fire you. An AB could be Alan bitching. Bye-bye. All right. Talk well, to you later. <laughs> Brent has hung up. I'm leaving. <laughs> uh Oh, you, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, one of my favorite things to do when I'm just done with a telephone conversation, it reminds me of it. I will go, oh, hey, Alan, do you know what? I have a I have a pop quiz for you. And if I do it right, you'll go, what? And I'm like, can you guess what is this sound? And then I just hang up. <laughs> sound of silence. Did we talk about The Last of Us already? You've been watching that? No. Oh, it's good. You got to watch it. Yeah, I am up to date on Doom Patrol. I am up to date. I mean, none of this really matters. No, it doesn't. Anyway, I gotta, I, I gotta get back on Doom Patrol. I watched a bunch of that when I was stranded in Buffalo, but I have to get back on. And then I got distracted by White Lotus, and and it was better. But I want to get back on that. What is Last of Us on? What streaming service? HBO. HBO. Oh, Max. okay. Maybe you I'll go look that. Yeah, I have that one. And I think I've I th- maybe I didn't say this on the podcast before, uh, but I normally do not like well because they're not very good. Usually, the movies or series that are modeled after video games are just not good. Yeah, I don't have to list them all off, but I watched it anyway, and I was surprised. It's very good, very very good. I am hopeful that the movie that they're going to do for Fallout will not follow that path oh that's right we did talk about this a little bit okay let's we are forgetful old men i don't know how old i am but it's old it's super old all right i want to talk about i mentioned i don't know if you read my five for friday i mentioned this invention and we've talked about it before on the podcast everyone drink i have coffee i don't know what brand has i have a coke let's talk about um again yet again uh, because it never goes away and it's getting more interesting. And actually, it takes a lot to make Microsoft interesting. Satya has fixed a lot of things wrong with Microsoft. Oh, by the way, glad to see you're still employed. I see another round launched today. Yesterday. Uh, oh, my God. He's done some stuff. He hasn't really made Microsoft interesting. Microsoft caters to corporations. People are buying tens of thousands of licenses of Office and Windows. 
And although there are consumers needs that stuff, it's for corporations and it's boring. But Microsoft is getting less boring. You know why? In my, in my eyes, as a non-Microsofty, former Microsofty, it's getting more interesting because I'm seeing our old friend ChatGPT pop up all over the place in press releases from Microsoft. We know about the Bing one, and we've also seen ChatGPT integrated with Microsoft Teams. And I'm going to ask you a question. I know you want to ask us to talk about ChatGPT, but I think it'll generate some interest. So Microsoft invests heavily in ChatGPT, right? But I, I know that. That part you can answer. So, so to be clear, I, there will be no accidental release of Microsoft IP today. Okay. No, no, no. But I, I do have a, a request, and mm. I'm almost afraid to ask because if it's if it's something that you can't answer, either then way, I'll then but, I'll tell you I can't answer. All right. But here's all my right. suggestion for you. Here's my right. here's my top notch suggestion for you. Can I just um get myself rather than go through Chat GPT? Can I just get my own Azure VM or or cluster with GPT through the technology, so I can just run my own language processing service. So you can without GPT? No, well, with GPT. Like what I'm saying is, here's my my tip is build in GPT three technology into pre-build it into some Azure VM, so I can just huck training material at something that I check out and it's mine, and I pay you for, and everybody's happy. Well, so that's that is officially. Well, I guess I don't understand the distinction. So maybe I should double check if this is public. So maybe maybe we should <laughs> go on. Maybe I'm just going to say that because it's something that should be available. I think it's it's Microsoft again, will absolutely enable or directly enable a scenario similar to you, what you described. Yeah. Okay. So really, all I'm saying is is Microsoft is all of a sudden in an interesting place in making. By making this technology accessible, it makes some of its old stodgy businessy applications and and Bing, which I will soon probably have to I will have to stop reminding people that Bing is a search engine like Google and that you can use it to Google stuff because I think it's going to become relevant. I think a lot of interesting things are happening. And then you had stuff you want to say, but the other thing uh, from my side is I posted an article today showing how chat gpt was helping people and i like that i think a lot of the fo- a lot of the comments i see on social media and articles are people showing oh look chat gpt sucks for this it sucks for this because they're using it in things it's not designed for or someone pointed out you can gaslight chat gpt <laughs> as you can with any ai they're trying to rather than trying to use it for good, they're trying to find ways that it won't work, which are endless. It's endless. It's infallible. I think um, it is not Skynet, nor does it claim to be. I would say it's probably closer to a very advanced version of that thing in your text app, as Brent is texting, and in Gmail that tries to predict what your next word's going to be. No, I'm trying to quickly scan the article that you. Sent down to oh, for oh, five. It just, it, well, well, as you look for it, I'll talk about how I have ended up using ChatGPT. I use it for brainstorming. I, oh, that's interesting. It's interesting. I use it as a creative tool. Walk me through as I use it to help me figure out, well. Walk me through a scenario, if you can. Sure. Let me just look at my history real quick. Well, I tried to figure, I, it didn't help me. 
directly. Well, one, I was just trying to think of a new name for my org. Um, I described what it did. It gave me some ideas. I said, those are horrible. How about something more like this? And we kind of go back and forth as a, can you make sure you use this word, but don't use any words like this and as kind of a brainstorming partner. I okay. use it for, I use it for summarizing articles for, for having, having it explain complex things to me. Um, there's a medical article I read once I had it, you know, explained to me. I said, oh, okay. I get it. I understand it now. Well, of course, of course, on that one, there is a risk. You're aware that there's a risk when it summarizes things that you don't understand. It could, it could summarize wrong. Right. It, of course. It could, it, it could present itself as truth, something that is false. And then you walk away. Yeah. And usually what I do, because, and the way I work, I work around that is I don't, I paste in a chunk of an article and the odds of it giving me something and then maybe another ah. chunk later and the odds of it giving me the wrong thing twice for two, if, if those things don't jive, I have to go look up more. But again, I do know to take it with a grain of salt because it's not, it's, it's a, it's it's not a language processing engine. It's not, um, it's not self-aware. And it's not even a language processing engine. Yeah, you would know you would know the right words, yeah. but but yeah, um, I use it for. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this one out because I don't want the secret to get out. So, right, somebody it, will figure it out someday. So anyway, I use. Well, it, you I, have a you have a. Uh, I mean, you have a clear hint. All right, uh, I might leave little bits of that in there, but I'm because somebody if they thought about it would figure it out. They just they ask Chat GPT what these names have in common. Breadcrumbs. All right. So, um, but you, and I want to mark it. Today is, we're recording this on Friday, February 10th, episode 175 of AB Testing. And this is the first time in three, four, maybe five years, Brent has topics for discussion. And I probably stole some of his thunder because he wanted to talk about chat GPT and I'm going to join in the conversation, but I think he's going to lay down some, some insights. Um, is that true, or 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 did I read the wrong agenda? I don't know if it's going to be insights. Like I, I am part of my brain is is trying to convince another part of my brain that I am just in conspiracy theory mode, and therefore I should ignore that the part of my brain that's generating all of these conclusions. Well, I want to pause and remind people that who hopefully this isn't their first episode, but. Back in our, you know, well, I don't know what number it was, 170 something probably, our prediction episode, really a month and a half ago, Brent predicted that chat GPT was going to be a multi-billion dollar business and grow super fast. And, and here it is already. So yeah. I think anything you want to say about chat GPT probably has a good chance of happening. So uh, how fucked are we? Um, We're doomed. The, but... Before I go into that story, I don't know if we are, but I, I absolutely believe our, our grandchildren are. And in terms of short-term stuff, like you remember when we were at micro, when when you were at Microsoft Stu or as well, and we knew way in advance that test was disappearing. Yes. Okay. And I don't know if you had these arguments, but I did. Right. At people saying. What are you talking about? You're so full of crap and blah, 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 blah. The way, and in particular today, because I, I got even more information on, on this topic, uh, because I run a data science team that specializes in NLP. 
And it has a lot of, it has a high reputation and a lot of people throughout Microsoft know it. So I keep, everybody and their mother is coming to me around ChatGPT, okay? And I will say, if another goddamn PM comes to me talking about ChatGPT and cannot distinguish the difference between magic and data science, I'm going to explode. <laughs> Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. We know this. Yeah. But they're like, well, can Low we just... IQ helps also. Can we just do... No, we can't. Well, well, couldn't we just no? We can't. Oh my God! Why do you? Why did you just set up a daily one-on-one -on -one with me? Oh my God! No! Stop! Stop! That's kind of my life the last two weeks. So what do they? What do they? Give me an example. What do they want to do? What is their? What is the odd Brent them Chat GPT threesome they want to set up? Oh, um, in, in this particular case, they they want to use. I'll just say. Can't we just use ChatGPT to just eliminate our entire support organization? Right? Things like that. I'm using hyperbole. That that doesn't even fall into well, actually, I mean, I was gonna say the answer to any sufficiently complex question is it depends. Mm-hmm. And there I would basically say, you know what? Bing team is probably already ahead of us on that one. We probably don't need to do anything. Because customers, when that's once they realize that and in Bing is very focused on these data science, particularly NLP issues. They're gonna get they're gonna get there well ahead of certainly my friggin' team of ten people, of which four focus on NLP. Wait, why are you talking to me? Anyway, I got I gotta ask: is is this is this testers going away all over again? In a way, I mean, not. This is what it feels like to me. My my emotion right now around how I. feel feel about a prediction I'm going to, well, I've already made. I feel it as strong as you and I did then. And it's not because I'm predicting. It's because I see the direction the momentum is going. Okay. You, you, you follow. I, I, I want to follow you. I have, I have a, a thread in my head. I want to have, but I'll let you finish. Okay. So today I woke up in a bad mood. Uh, I, was, I wake up in a bad mood every day these days. And it anyway. was it was fully Friend thinking club. of this because I'm very I feel very responsible to my team. And as you did when you were a test manager. Correct. Right before you went and joined Bing as a dev manager. And what did I do? I went to go and learn. I had a very clear sense of what's coming next. I went to go learn it so I could broadcast it. Okay. And 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 help those who don't who, who weren't believers, who didn't understand, be prepared, right? It's, that whole process led to ultimately things like modern testing principles, right? It's, okay, over the years, we see more and more evidence of this and, and et cetera. Right now, though, I'm at a point, I don't know, I, I, I run a team with data scientists and NLP and I'm not certain what direction to invest them in, where they should train. Okay. Um, and, <clears throat> and it certainly doesn't help where, when we're in an environment where we've been told, yeah, layoffs going to keep coming until March 31st. Right. Um, but uh, there's, <laughs> that's a shorter term problem that'll get resolved. I'm pretty certain that like just before our podcast, I was 
having a similar conversation with one of my key partners on this. And I basically told him, look, I'm seriously thinking about getting out of NLP. Uh, and he's like, what? Oh, my God, Brent, I need you. What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Right? So things will converge and we'll work out the business thing. What I wanted to talk about today, and, and hopefully I don't take too long to do it, because I'm hoping we can have a discussion around what are options uh, to deal with it. I mentioned on, on our Slack channel that there was a new invention that came out, uh, Apple Glasses. Are you familiar with Apple Glasses? Have you done any research into this thing? I, I wouldn't say I've done research, no. Okay. There's a feature. You go look at the marketing thing, and there is a feature that's being discussed. Okay. And it says there is a camera on each lens to track your eyes so that the glasses can be more confident in what the user is looking at. How do you feel about, how do you feel about that sentence? Well, doesn't bug you yet. It bugs me a little. I just remember to take my glasses off when I don't want it to know where I'm looking. Okay. What if I remind you that roughly 80% of your eye movements are subconscious? Yeah, I would never wear them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the only thing about Apple glasses here that I can come up with as a positive is that they are not their competitor, Facebook, who's also building a similar thing. Yeah. Apple has 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 shown very publicly a very willingness to tell the government to F off if they ask for private data. But I will tell you, the wearers of these glasses. That company will have the data. They will have the data to know everything about you, including things that you don't know, in about a month. All of it. They will know, hey, are you gay? They will know what religion you're in uh, or, or believe in. They will know the perfect, the perfect, the image of the perfect mate for you. They will know everything or that data will contain all they need to know to know everything about you. Now, there is one thing about human behavior that I, I have seen over and over again. And it's this old phrase, the road to hell is paid with good intentions. And so now let's imagine Apple Glasses and someone comes up with the idea of, hey, since it is so effective uh, at knowing what they're looking at, could we not put them on infants? Could we not make like Apple infant goggles or something where, where we could start getting additional insight into what their thought process is? They can't communicate yet, so that's harder. This could help. Oh, and even better, could we use that to sort of understand the difference between babies with autism and normal babies, right? It, this would then start to build a process. By the way, just just to interrupt the yep. uh, the for those listening, you know, air quotes around normal. Brent is not saying. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just just want to clarify that for for that statement. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually. So I understand what you're saying there, okay? But that pushback is exactly what I'm afraid of. Who gets to define normal? Right. It right? Does, it's, 
<laughs> no, we're on the, we're on the same page here, right? Because yeah, I, I don't. That's why the air quotes are there because you don't. This is very possible. <laughs> it's, so, I, I would say almost inevitable. Oh, it's absolutely inevitable. This is where I'm going. But if, even if you don't wear glasses, there are going to be ways to. But we've seen glimpses of the future in films where the ads you see, not just in your browser, but the ads you see walking around are tailored to you. Your world tailors around because it, it knows so much information about you. Right. If some Today, like 20 years ago, if someone were to ask you some fact about something, you know, how deep is the deepest part of the ocean? Maybe you have a guess, but you you wouldn't know and you'd be fine with it. You're okay to estimate it. Today, hey. we look up those things immediately on our phones, on Wikipedia or the internet somewhere. But that's a lot of wasted effort to get that phone out and either type it in or voice recognition that query. Mm-hmm. Why don't our why doesn't something connected to our bodies and eventually maybe and we're going way off the deep end here, but why maybe even something implanted recognize that and then with a a thought or an action I can hear a conversation and ask for more clarification. Like just to keep it the glasses for now. My glasses obviously have microphones too. And someone asked me a question and I can say I don't know and I give it a special blink blink and I get a little little thing in my ear telling me the answer to this thing. Oh my God, schools are irrelevant because I can cheat so easily. Everybody has to take their glasses off for their test. Oh my God. <laughs> right. So I, when I was in high school, I, I guess it was a period where there was a transition where some, some math teachers allowed calculators, some didn't. Now it's common. Every, every class has in high school, right? Going back to the baby example, the other thing that that would do is it then normalizes the glasses. These are new human beings that don't, yeah, that don't know a, a different world. Yeah, it, it may be glass, it'd be something else. I think there are. I don't know if you remember this from. I used to show this video. It was made by Microsoft when I used to give a talk at at our new employee orientation, and it was a view into the future of healthcare, and how through a wristwatch or a smart ring or some bit of jewelry, you could get a lot more constant feedback on your health, which I think, you know, there's some good benefit there too, but just the same case as these glasses, there is potential for all of this data to be used in different ways. You know, raise your insurance, understand when you're drinking too much, understand if you've, what you're, if and what you're smoking. I think there, again, all of this is inevitable. It's how the data is used. There's some ethical discussion. Massive ethical things. And and here is actually the crux of it. Okay. And then I want to go back. Crux me. The dangerous part of this is at what point in time is this data being used to make decisions on your part, whether it be good or bad, right? For example, I drive an F-150. Big gas guzzler. Right now, it's telling me I get 11 miles per gallon. You drive a Tesla, purely electrical. And you you know this is going to be true. I don't know if it's in your opinion, but in terms of the the people who are uh, concerned about the climate. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could get access to this data and force people to make eco-friendly decisions? It's... 
where this data becomes dangerous is when decisions are made for you and you're not involved. I think that's very Philip K. Dick, yet, uh, which is sort of in the adjacent possible of, of future possibilities. Well, it, no, that's not only a future possibility. People are going to willingly let the system make those decisions for it. I, I want to go into that, but I want to back up. This is do some magic editing, put this way back, but I'm not going to because I'm far too lazy for that. But mm. very early in the conversation, you were talking about we're way off in the future now. Let's talk about the now. You said you're feeling much now with this data science like you were with test where, however many years ago it was, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, actually 10, 10 years ago, when we started realizing that, you know what, in the way we're shipping software, we're not going to need test as much anymore. And now you're saying with the way, with the tools available, we don't need as much data science anymore. Is that a clear, is that a, is that a fair uh, summary? We're not only not going to need as much data science, it's going to go into other places as well. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me talk about, let me set the stage for people who don't remember. And remember also, as I discussed when I posted my, made my post on why most teams don't need dedicated software testers, the uproar of illogical, really rebuttals. Uh, there are lots of teams out there still employing testers who are cons- who are convinced they are absolutely essential to delivering software, even on fast moving stuff. Can't yep. change that. They're still around. Yep. Thus, data science will still be around. Um, I think when we first saw this, we didn't know that we didn't know about the rise of data science yet. I think partway through, we were podcasting with that. I can't find the. I don't know when the date was. I can't find the presentation, but there was a Microsoft internal event. God, I wish I could remember when it was, but Seth Elliott and I, Seth Elliott and I, Seth, if you're listening, which she does sometimes, not very often. Hello. Hey, Seth. Uh, we were, we give a presentation on data science and I told the, tar- the famous target story of how, of how target knew this girl was pregnant before her parents did. And it's very famous. Go look it up. I'm not going to tell the whole story. Uh, again, through data science and analysis of data, what you're talking about seeing for the future is this turn to 11 or 11,000. Yeah. But one of the graphs I showed was a Google Trends graph showing the data science, the phrase, as it was showing up. It didn't exist it it really didn't exist at all, you know. Other than you know, insignificantly, it existed twelve years ago, whatever the timeline was. It certainly was really to appear, a title, and now it's now it's a, a huge thing. So I'm wondering if the thing that's next, and whether it's a new role, you know, data. What's the what's the joke? You know, what's a data scientist? It's a it's a uh, statistician that works in Silicon Valley. Ha ha ha. But. I think the creative part's missing. So let me but let, let, let me let me just finish my thought here. I'll ask okay. you a question and go on. So you still have to figure out. You can't just give GPT three. Here's a bunch of stuff. Tell me what I should do. Someone has to figure out what questions to ask. How to dig in there. But one one thing. Here's an observation. I want you to comment on, and then I'll shut okay. up for a while. All right. One of the things that data scientists have told me for as long as I've known what a data scientist is, is how much of their time they spend cleaning up the data so they can 
actually do something meaningful with it. Yep. And you can tell me, does GPT-3 technology, it seems to me it works fine on dirty data. It is. That is not a limit, a limitation to to the tech behind GPT. Yeah, I just realized this. So uh, anyway, just uh, a real, little relevation while we talk, but uh, I've talked long enough. So anyway, I made my point. Continue on your stories. Tell me all kinds of things. Tell oh, yeah. me how doomed we are and we'll make a movie uh, about I, it. I don't know how doomed we are. Right. I just know we I, I know our grandchildren from the, the context in which we judge the world today, our grandchildren are doomed. But it'll be normal. I guess the positive thing is that it'll be normalized for them. What that means, I don't know. People will go and say, but ChatGPT can't do this and ChatGPT can't do that. Chat G- yeah, they, it, that's all true. So the hell what? Right. It, it's it's to me, it reminds me it even further. It further solidifies my point of view on this prediction is so happening because it, the immediate thing is people to go and and nitpick on what it can't do as, as sort of a self-defense mechanism. We saw this in tests. Oh, but who's going to find bugs? Devs don't want to. Oh, that's a stupid argument. But you ship it to cut. Oh, that's a dumb argument, too. Uh, it, it's eventually they lose their grip on the white knuckles, right? Because progress keeps moving forward. Uh, I'll give you a great example right now. Chat GPT does facts like ass. Okay, yeah. you ask. <laughs> okay, but people are like, oh, Chat GPT will never do facts. Okay, well, were you aware of the, the, the news article that came out this week where Stephen Wolfram the head of Wolfram Alpha is offering to to work with ChatGPT to fix that problem. Like, stop. Google. Google has come out with an algorithm that you say, hey, generate a song for me that feels like this. And guess what? It's pretty damn good. Right? Here's the thing. When you say creativity, <laughs> like, I'm going to be nothing but doom for the next five minutes. I'm just telling you, Alan. When you bring up creativity, what we view as creativity is the generation of new ideas. And where do new ideas come from, Alan? My Okay. <laughs> well, all of those ideas generally are documented someplace. And this system is really good at pulling those in. Now, will it come up with random directions initially? Probably. But when you say, okay, generate a new idea for me in this direction, it'll get better and better and better and better. The last one uh, that I, because I, I've been sharing well, this let, with. Let me, let me pause right there because this is the, the creativity brainstorming I was talking about. I could be writing right. a song. I could say, help me, find a, help me find a word that rhymes with orange. I could just say, what would, I, what would the next line, what should the next line of the song be? And it may not be what I want or use, but it gives me an idea. That I can work from ideas come from other ideas, which you what you wanted me to say earlier, right? And that's what I use ChatGPT for. I use it to get ideas. I might not use its ideas, but I may use I may use its ideas to come up with a new idea that I couldn't come up with on my own. It's great because I don't like people, and now I have someone <laughs> to brainstorm with. <laughs> one of my employees today, we brought up something, and one of the things I realized 
So my team documents all of its work in OneNote. And I'm like, huh. If There's I were a to- word I haven't heard in a long time. I forgot about that app. Right. All right, go on. Uh, and we do very tactical work, like two two weeks at a time, right? And I'm like, huh, if I were to copy paste that into chat GPT every six months for each employee and then ask chat GPT, hey, um, given that these are the principles for me as a manager that are important, write a professional performance review based off of this work, right? And I'm like, oh. I I now have just gone down the path of of automating management. And then my employee said, oh, but I could do the same and create essentially an employee bot. And 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 that just set me off. I'm like, oh my God, we could. Alan could create a, a an Alan bot. We could we could go and put these glasses on for a week so that our bots could really understand us and create a remarkably train it with all the, the, the code we've ever written, the bugs we filed and create a very realistic simulation of us in that particular persona. And then let's say you and I, there's something we disagree with. We could just, instead of you, you and I could go get beers and just have the stupid bots argue it out until they come to the conclusion. And, and I'm like, uh, I even think I know how I could write that. And if I can do it, these experts building chat GPT absolutely can't. I'm not entirely certain I could do that one. The only defense, by the way, there's only two things I've I've seen in terms of sort of defending against decisions being made on my behalf without my permission. There's only two things I've been able to is number one, come up with a new service. And, and change regulations that makes it very clear. My data is mine. And I want the ability, a first ability is I, I want to know anytime even a single bit of my data, as in there are eight bits in a byte, a even a even bit of my data was used in some decision-making process. I want to know the decisions being made off of my data. Or the other way is a whole new service that that basically, like the data gets moved to one of my vaults. I can delete it anytime. It's not I have to ask Google to delete the data. No, it's stored in my location. It's mine. The fine line here is I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yep. And it should give, AI should give us suggestions, not decisions. But right. here's the deal. Let me go back to Apple Glasses. Let's say it could do some things like just something simple. Like today, you know, a lot of people use apps like MyFitnessPal or similar things to track their calories and exercise throughout the day. They're trying to get the right number of not only calories, but macros between fats, carbs, and protein. And they're painstakingly looking up things to get the breakdown and guessing here and there and trying to find the best diet for them in order to optimize the kind of body they want to have with their with their exercise routine and everything. Now, theoretically, Apple Glasses, they can automate all that. They can look at the food and, and look at a database in the background, AI, figure it all out. It could just be automatic. It could tell me what I should and shouldn't eat from a plate or from a buffet or even from a menu I'm reading, which... I think a lot of people, a lot of fitness and health conscious people would actually look at that as a plus, a positive. Yeah. 
and they be right. But also, you know, it's on the edge of when does, when does good for you become creepy and then bad? The road, and that's what you're worried about. The road to hell is paved yes. with good intentions. So there are some good intentions in how our lives will change. And you can even think, I mean, I can, we can tell the old fart story about how we didn't have the internet. Um, by the way, in year 2000, you and I both had internet. I used to dial up I have to ISDN. No, by 2000, I might have even had, I can't remember when I got cable for the first time, but I had, I had dial up. I saw this interesting stat. Uh, okay. 400,000 people worldwide had access to the internet as estimated in 2000. And today it's, again, think the whole world, even third world countries. I don't. I just had a percentage. It's like 65%. Yeah. <laughs> but 65% of 7 billion, 7 million or 8. It's a big number. A big number of people have access to the internet to get their questions answered. What is that? We used to talk about. I'm going to say Murphy's Law, Moore's Law, in that computers were, computer power was doubling every, like three years, every number of years. I'm getting all the numbers wrong. But it's this ease of access to information. uh, It's going through the same sort of exponential growth. And the way that information and data is acting on is now going through exponential growth. Yes. And... It's going to enable a lot of cool things, the good intentions. It's also going to enable, as we've seen already with Facebook and other places, a whole bunch of bad shit we do not want to happen. Yep. And I'm wondering, just really twist this thing in a different direction here as we run out of time, is we have, in the U.S. at least, we have a government made up of 99% of people who do not understand any of this because they were born a hundred years before Brent and I also I'm worried. I like this need, this needs some regulation and some people thinking about how to solve it, but I don't know where those people come from. So now uh, I'm on the Brent train and maybe we are (laughs) all doomed because there's no way to even protect ourselves from the, the evil we're making even with good intentions. There's only one, one, it's either lock it away and make it such that lock it away in a way that even the slow assholes running the government don't have access to it. Right. But then right now with the laws, that's just a regulation away. I don't know if you're paying attention to crypto coin, mm-hmm. but that's, that's kind of what I view the government's doing on crypto coin and doing it way too slow. Right. By the time they realize they need to get regulations in place. It's not only going to be too late. It's yeah. going to be way too late. So now I'm wondering. And, if, and here's the thing. I'm not even certain there's something they can do. Potentially right? not. Because there's going to be other governments that will do the exact opposite. They're like, no, I am a dictator of my country. I want this because this allows me. It, not only that, but I want the ability from my office to be able to control the decision-making from my populace. Free Apple glasses for everyone in North Korea. Right, exactly. The only other thing I can think about is uh, of how to prevent this is if a company comes up with, with something like, it's basically fight fire with fire. There needs to be a technology where you can have a chat GPT type thing 
that that's its whole role in life is to defend you. That's yeah. the if I was smart enough, I'd go work for that company. Hopefully that company exists. Maybe can't why can't it be Microsoft? How come you can't be the defenders of because Google do no evil. Google could do it. They're not gonna do it. Yeah. I I so I, I, wanna, I keep I, hearing I, that motto and I, I've concluded that e, that evil's an acronym, but I don't know what it stands for. So <laughs> one other thing I thought of, we're gonna go a little bit over time because I'm sure you have some closing thoughts here. Um, not again, you're wondering, we started late. All right. We started late. It's not an hour podcast. It's as long as we want it to be. That was for the listeners. <laughs> I think, you know, this, I go backpacking two or three times as much as I could get out of the house during the summer. I like to be out in the middle of nowhere with no people around with no cell service. Cause damn it. It's just too easy to glance at my phone all the time when I'm home or look something up or stream a video. And I think a lot of people have forgotten what it's like to be a little bored or to be a little undistracted. And every time I'm out there, this story's going somewhere. Don't worry about it. Every time I'm out there, I think, you know, this is why people live off the grid. There's a lot of intrinsic value you get from just being off the grid. And we've all known, or at least known of, people who know people that have gone off the grid, no social media, maybe they use a flip phone and they just do not go online at all. Um, They would never buy Apple glasses. I wonder if this, I mean, in the dystopic science fiction thriller, I'm viewing as this conversation. I think it's a growing number of people and maybe even communities in our doomsday future who consciously stay off of every single thing that can track them. Oh, I, I, I know of multiple people like, but I think there will be more as this, as not only this, this tracking becomes more ubiquitous, but suggestions or as you worry, decisions are made on your behalf. It would encourage more people just to say no to it all. Uh, yeah. And, and there I'm like, now I, I know I'm going into conspiracy theory, but, but, there are some on the on the crypto coin thing. There are some that believe that a bu- a push towards a pure digital currency is blocks that as a solution, right? It, it's essentially oh, yeah. okay, right. Yeah. It, if if your option is to then go back to God, what is it, six hundred BC and 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 do trading of goods and services right the whole point of money was to to simplify you you go off the grid you start raising sheep you want eggs you're like okay i'll take a uh, 100 eggs for yeah, my one we, sheep we bartering right? work sure right and so if we move to 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 pure cryptocurrency well that, right? that can't happen then then the other thing that's going to happen of course i think burn yeah i know what happens burning man becomes a year-round thing exactly it it becomes it's, there will be that's exactly right. Um, and I'm not I'm I'm not against this feature. Burning Man, I don't think has enough space to fit all. No, we need several it, of them. We need all these communities. <laughs> all right, uh, I gotta go, man. Yeah. Um, and, and you're eating, so it must mean the podcast is over. It's over. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, yep. If we if the world still exists in a few weeks, we'll be back for another podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Brent. And we'll see you another time. Walking on.